And the woman spoke, saying, Tell us of pain. And he said, Your pain is the breaking of the shell that encloses your understanding. Even as the stone of the fruit must break, that its heart may stand in the sun, so must you know pain. And could you keep your heart in wonder at the daily miracles of your life, your pain would not seem less wondrous than your joy? And you would accept the seasons of your heart, even as you have always accepted the seasons that pass over your fields. And you would watch with serenity through the winters of your grief. Much of your pain is self-chosen. It is the bitter portion by which the physician within you heals your sick self. Therefore, trust the physician and drink his remedy in silence and tranquility. For his hand, though heavy and hard, is guided by the tender hand of the unseen. And the cup he brings, though it burns your lips, has been fashioned of the clay which the potter has moistened with his own sacred tears. Now, we are gathered here today, my friends, my comrades, my teammates, my wonderful fans and followers of Team Frog Logic. And we're gathered here today for me, old Reverend Rutherford, right? <laughs> to talk today about pain. Now, why? Why would we need to discuss pain? You tell me, right? You tell me. It, it, this is one of those questions that every single day, everybody has to, at, in some way, shape, or form, address. There's not a day you ever get w to wake up on this lifetime and not have some quantity of pain that you are forced to experience. It's just the case, man. Right? It's just part of our existence. And that's why so many people in the past, like, right? Like Khalil Gibran, who wrote this wonderful book called The Prophet, which is this collection of poems about all things within life and, and why we have people, uh, you know, like Viktor Frankl, right? And hit one of his beautiful quotes is. Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. To choose one's own way. And another one of mine that he, I love about his that he writes is, If there is meaning in life at all, then there must be meaning in suffering. Suffering, suffering is an eradicable part of life even as fate and death. Without suffering and death, human life cannot be complete. And also, another one of my favorites, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. From Romans 8.18. Now think about that, man. I mean, this is, this is the oldest concept in the world next to love, obviously. 
And I think it's even, it's, we've spent even more time on, on pain and suffering and our contemplation on it, whether it's philosophically or, or, or theologically, religiously, or, or just in the norm, right? In our normal everyday uh, interpretation of what our life looks like day in and day out. Are we, it's, it's not are we, it's, it's how are we going to deal with it, right? And how are we going to deal most especially with the importance of pain in your life. Now, welcome back to the Frog Logic Podcast. I am your host, David Rutt Rutherford, otherwise known as Reverend Rutt on Sundays when I do these shows, right, sweetie? That was a weak smile right there, baby. You didn't really give it to me with vigor in there. That that makes me feel suffering and pain that you disagree, that I am a true minister out there. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, listen, welcome on back. We're... I, I, you know, one of the amazing things that I do not suffer from and I do not experience pain from is just the sheer magnitude of gratitude I feel for all of you. This is the, I, I, I don't even know what show uh, we're on right now. I think this will be 16 since, uh, or Frog Logic. I mean, it's the eighth or ninth show since I started back up again after leaving TNQP. Uh, for, and for all my TNQP fans that are now listening to my show, I can't thank you enough. God bless you. Uh, Marcus is still killing it out there uh, with his show. Uh, one of the recent ones, incredible one with a good friend of mine, Dan Luna. Check that out. Uh, big shout out to Marcus and everybody over at TNQP. Um, you know, doing the show again is is really an awesome opportunity for me because so often I'm out there uh, and just, you know, last week I was in uh, New Jersey in Atlantic City doing something with the FBI uh, Training Academy Associates, the New Jersey chapter. And I want to give a big sh- shout out to the chief of police of uh, Atlantic C- or Ocean City, uh, Jay. Uh, also the former deputy chief, Billy. Thank you for showing me around AC. Uh, and also for, uh, I met Josh, who I'll talk about in a little bit, who we're going to have on the show. But just what an amazing place to go see. And, you know, when you start, when I gave this speech in front of almost 400 uh, people from law enforcement, the Bureau, all around New Jersey, uh, you, you start to hear these stories about what they're facing every day, day in and day out. And I think we often, you know, we get so sensationalized by what we watch on TV and that cops are either this or they're that or the other. But the reality is they're just human beings like you and I, and they're suffering every single day because it's their job to go figure out why other people are in pain, man. And so it got me really thinking. It got me thinking about a lot of different things, uh, as well as some other personal experiences last week that really triggered you know, understanding what the value of suffering can be for us, or what the, 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 the legitimacy of pain is in our life, because, you know, we have so many different ways to try and deconstruct uh, pain's relevance in our life and all the different capacities, which I'll talk about here in just a sec. But, man, it's, it, I just said, man, I, I, what a better opportunity now than to get on, uh, take a break from doing interviews, and we'll be back next week with them. We've got like three or four on in the in in the lineup, man, that are just going to blow everybody away. You know, we had such incredible feedback from all the shows we've done. I just can't thank you enough for listening. I'm really I feel humbled every day. But, you know, for me to get on the podcast, you know, when I give speeches, I, you know, I, I, I talk about a few different things. I talk about what frog logic is in terms of Navy SEAL motivational training, behavioral and performance mindset stuff. Um. Uh, 
in the four main concepts. I talk about teaching people to embrace fear. I talk about, you know, teaching people to forge self-confidence. I, I, I talk, I have a team life talk and then I, uh, I teach people how to live with purpose. And then finally, there's a talk that I give about, about team culture, right? And so when you're giving a speech like this and you're, you're immersed in this, this performance, if you will, trying to disseminate there, I don't get the opportunity to really flush out uh, these concepts in detail because these are the concepts that drove me towards coming up with these main components within Frog Logic, right? And it's all a lot of my own personal experience and it's it's a lot of exp, you know academic and research experience that I have and then just this incredible life I've been able to do with my performance coaching and working with sports teams or working with corporations uh, and tons of individual coaching and mentoring uh, as well as the work I've needed to do on myself uh, from a, 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 a pretty pretty I'm not going to say profound, uh, comparatively speaking to other people out there who who come up with nothing, who have nothing in their lives, and every day is just a struggle to survive, you know, I I, I always try and mitigate my own uh, importance and my own suffering as it relates to the magnitude of other people's. But still, I've had some suffering and pain, and that's what's shaped me to want to create frog logic to be able to give uh, people uh, a, a sense of content, but positive content that just might help them uh, in the next great battle of their life or more importantly to to defeat to 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 defeat that negative insurgency that exists within their own minds and then the external world around them so um that's why I'm here, and I'm so happy, uh, you know, just to get you caught up. Uh, uh, my speaking is uh, crazy. I'm, I'm, you know, about, geez, what is it, sweetie, 15 straight weeks this fall? I think it's 15 straight weeks on the road giving speeches all over the country. This week I'm getting ready to, to go up to uh, Alaska, which is going to be awesome. Uh, I spent some time in, in Dallas. I've been in New Jersey. I've been... Uh, Oh man, uh, Boston. Where else? Uh, it just I, I'm I'm all over the place, and it's and it's such a blessing. It is challenging to be away from the girls. I know that uh, it's really difficult for that, but I I know this is a means to an end, and it's also a way that I can uh, uh, spread my message in a in a more powerful in person way. Um, I also want to uh, just drive everybody again. Thank you for the podcast. The podcast is we're having incredible feedback. Um, um, from everybody online, please keep sending us your comments uh, via social media. Please keep sending us your comments on YouTube. Uh, we read every single one of them. I apologize if I don't get back to all of them. Uh, I don't have a giant team. Essentially, it's uh, about four of us that do everything around here. Um, but I, we do read them all, and we do care, and we do thank you. Uh, we try and get back to all of them. Um, and if you have ideas or suggestions for us, don't be afraid, man. Uh, go to our website, which is teamfroglogic.com. Uh, go to our contact form and fill that form out and, and tell us how the show's affected you. Tell us how one of my speeches helped, uh, maybe one of the books I've written. Tell us how you like the Daily Dose of Frog Logic, uh, which I try and put out every morning on, on, on social media. A little, a little dose of my perception of, of, of what might help people just manage a particular type or, or, or a greater concept of stress and pain that they might be dealing with every day. Um, and then when you go over to the website, you know, check it out, see what I do, how I do it. Uh, if you've got a company, if you've got a team or an organization and you think uh, that you guys could use a little frog logic in your lives, don't hesitate to ask. 
uh, just go in there, uh, send us a note, and and if my schedule and time and all that and uh, works out, then we'll figure out we'll, we'll figure it out for, and we'll get out to to help you or your team or your organization. And I and listen, I work with from Fortune 500 companies to mom and pop shops. I work with uh, World <laughs> World Series champion, World Champion teams uh, to high school teams, and I do everything in between uh, from individuals to pro athletes. I uh, you know my mission is just. If it's right for you and it works for us, then we'll make it happen. Uh, and that's all available on the website. You can check it out. And when you're over there, if you don't mind, man, go ahead and check out uh, our merchandise. Uh, we just got the shop finished and, and completed up. Uh, we have some old products that we're getting ready to, uh, to get rid of. Uh, so a lot of the older designs uh, that are there are not going to be there much longer. So go get them while they're hot. Uh, we'll probably have a sale here coming up for, by the end of the month, and we're going to get rid of everything. But we also have new products coming out here in the next uh, three, what is it, three to four weeks? Yeah, in the next three to four weeks, we're going to be putting out a bunch of new products for you to check out, from stickers to new hat, T-shirts. Uh, we'll have some, a bunch of embroiders we're going to get for the first time ever. <laughs> for the first time ever, and, and I, I know what you're going to say, but I have an explanation. For the first time ever, we're going to release a Frog Logic embroidered hoodie for everybody. And, I, and the reason is I live in South Florida. I wear shorts and flip-flops most of the time, so uh, that's probably why I haven't done it. But we're going to get an embroidered hoodie out there to you, and if uh, those sell well, maybe we'll even do a, a beanie with a cool Frog Logic uh, uh, logo on there as well. But we've got a bunch of new stuff coming out, and we're going to be uh, releasing some books here leading up to Christmas, so stand by, look out for that, an another kid's book as well as uh, what everybody's been waiting and asking for. The number one thing that I get asked for is we're going to release a compilation, almost a devotional book, with about 50 or so of my Daily Dose of Frog Logic for everybody. Great Christmas gifts uh, for kids, for adults, for family members, something to have on your coffee table or your or your desk. And when you're getting hit by that negative insurgency, you whip one of those out, and it should give you a little, a little jolt of... Uh, uh, a positivity, which is what really drives me in my life amidst all of the pain. <laughs> all right. So let me clear my throat. <clears throat> all right. Today's show, the importance of pain. Now, I know if you follow along on, on my stuff, you see a lot that I always hashtag the peaceful pathway of pain. And early on in my life, I, I really, it was when I was in, it was when I was in college and my, you know, my dream of not being able to play collegiate football came crashing in on me. And I, that, that failure that, you know, which had been as a kid, the fear of failure really hit me head on in my face, but thankfully I was able to immerse myself in the humanities, right? And I jumped into philosophy and that's where I first read the book, uh, The Prophet. That's where I first read the book On the Road by Jack Kerouac. It's where I first read uh, Descartes. It's where I first read about Native American culture. It's where I first read um, another amazing book called The Razor's Edge by W. Somerset uh, Mom. Uh, and the movie with Bill Murray is probably my number four, four or five favorite movie of all time. I highly recommend. But there's a consistent theme that was built into that 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 age of innocence for me, uh, where that pain wasn't unique. 
and the concept, the overarching pain uh, concept. Remember, mind you, I did not have spirituality in my life growing up. You know, God wasn't a regular part of my existence. I wasn't going to church on a regular basis. So I wasn't exposed to uh, the life of Christ and the fact that he climbed on the cross willingly to suffer and experience the most excruciating pain a human being can experience through the torture of crucifixion, as well as being, you know, lashed with cats and nine tails almost to within an inch of his death for me, right? I didn't know all that. And I didn't know it was a part of, of life itself. So, you know, in this great um, awakening for me, philosophically, when it comes to pain, it, it kind of gave me some, some solace in the fact that my failure, my pain, my depression at the time was uh, very much a part of the human condition. And I know for, from when I first came back, you know, that's been a big part of what the Frog Logic podcast is about. It's my... I believe my mission in life, what God has, has asked me to do is to experience pain, experience suffering in such a way, willingly, uh, by choice and recognition, where I can then somehow uh, turn this around and create a much deeper understanding of the human condition itself and what kind of unites us. And I'm going to tell you, in all my travels around the world, and everywhere I've gone and everything I've seen, whether it was uh, war-torn kids of Afghanistan or it was in the Suetos down in South Africa or it was in uh, doing missionary work in Haiti or it was just, you know, mentoring young men as they went through buds or going through buds myself, right? Um, you know, you, you come to recognize that the, the one unifying characteristic within the human condition, which breaks down all other cultural differences, which breaks down all other economical economic differences, which breaks down all other differences between us as a species, is the fact that we are unified in a similarity of pain, right? Whether that's loss, divorce, uh, failure, whether it's sickness, uh, war, um, relationships, we all experience this. And when you look at it neurologically, when you put a, you know, a person under you know, a PET scan or you put them under uh, any type of way to monitor brain activity, you know, it's very similar regardless of where you're from. Now, certainly, you know, if you're a sociopath or a psychopath, your brain reacts differently, but for the better majority of all of us, we feel things similar. Now, the level, the magnitude, how we process mentally, all a derivative of a life experience and different situations and all that. I get that. It's what makes us unique. It's what makes us beautiful. And it's what makes us so damn interesting, right? That's what, that's what governs our, our, our inspiration to want to meet and, and know other people is say, whoa, what, how do you process your pain? Or whoa, how do you process your joy or your love? And that's, that's the cool aspect is that we, we are so unique. But the pain is very similar across the thresholds of, of cultural um, differences. And when I got deeper and deeper into these concepts, I became to realize, you know, that we ultimately, if you really start breaking it down, we can be defined by our ability uh, to experience pain or inability. 
We can be defined by the painful experiences we've had in our lives, whether it was in childhood or adolescence or young adult or old age, whatever it is, the relative, the relativity to pain, it's a, it really shapes us. It shapes us physically, it shapes us mentally, and it shapes us spiritually, emotionally. I mean, pain is, is, is the chisel, right? Or, or pain is the hammer on the anvil. And that's one of the reasons why on this church t-shirt, right, and forging self-confidence, the image I always wanted to have for self-confidence was the anvil. Because our self-confidence, as everybody knows, takes hits every single day, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. So if you're not willing to apply that hammer, right, apply that pain, or accept the hammer of pain that is out of your control as you are the anvil, your heart, your mind, your soul, if you're willing to accept that pressure, that, 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 that violence, that, that impact, you know, you begin to shape yourself. And, you know, and I guess in the warrior culture, you, you begin to shape your blade, right? I, I always think about the samurai sword being forged over hours and hours and hours and hours and days and days and weeks and weeks of till you get that perfect piece of steel that's ready for the battle of life. Great metaphor, right? been used a gazillion times so you know the, the challenge then becomes in our lives well all right right i got you i'm hearing you loud and clear I'm, I'm trust me i know i've experienced it i i i know what the pain feels like i i know i i have it daily um but you know where are you getting at? Where do I go with it? And I, and I say the first thing always in any contact, any contextual uh, thought process or the evolution of how we uh, um, deal or manage thoughts or experiences, we rely on definitions. And I think <clears throat> sorry about that, I had to turn my hat around. Uh, we rely on definitions, right? And it's these definitions that that are we're able to uh, ground the uncertainty or, or the lack of control in our lives. And so, so you know, when you start to think about how we define pain, you know, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, emotionally, where where does that begin? And I think where the best place to do, which you have to, and most psychologists or psychiatrists will say to you, right, we begin, you know, when it's the most uh, the most significant. When we're children, when we're babies, you know, and what I always love about infant amnesia is, 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 is the fact that we don't remember the painful agony of our birth. Uh, and most of us don't remember a single memory of, of how excruciating it is to be uh, this teeny little uh, a human being in the world and not have any concept of why things are the way they are. I mean, every day you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to die. Oh my God, I'm going to die. Cause you're literally, you're rooted in that, that survival mechanism. Your limbic system just is controlling your entire brain and your amygdalas are firing constantly and you're overwrought by an epinephrine or norepi and epi and, and cortisol and all this stuff, man. Thank God, God put the, the little, uh, a memory eraser in there. Otherwise imagine the significance of that trauma would, would linger with us, but it's not what happened. We got to a certain point, we started to go. But, but then also the way we begin to learn in those times is we begin to learn, hey, 
uh, first and foremost through the physical reactivity of pain, right? Remember the first, you know, there's these great studies about a child touches something hot once. Guess what? They're going to reflect that object, it being hot, and they're not going to touch it again until they go to a different object and touch that. Then they start to, how long does it take before they realize, all right, well, the reason everything's hot is there's a source of heat. And that's what I need to pay attention to. But that takes a long, long, long time, thus generating a long, long process of experiencing pain. How about the baby that's standing on the couch and jumping up and down? And next thing you know, they're donking their head in the corner of the table. Oh, I didn't know that that could happen. So pain becomes this great educational tool for us as young kids, right, to really begin to uh, uh, provide the mechanisms for protection, right, survival. And then that mixed, hopefully, with healthy parenting to keep you in uh, pain-free environments, not letting kids run out into the street of a busy highway, right? Not letting them juggle knives. And not to say that my mom, you know, sorry, mom, I know you didn't let me juggle knives. There were a couple instances in our garage that you don't know about with Drew Parker and Chris Longo, but we're not going to talk about those BB gun events, especially, okay? Pain, but learning tools. So we learn these, these incredible things through pain, physical pain. Right, obviously, and that survival. Well, then the next thing that I think really begins to evolve once we got a good handle on all that is is this identity portion where we move into eight, nine years old. We start leaving the nest, so to speak. We go into middle school, and we, you know, John and I's oldest is eleven. She's moving into that space where she's like, "All right, man, I'm I'm trying to stretch out a little bit here. I'm trying to manage this and identify myself uniquely into my surroundings." And what that means emotionally to people, mentally, right? Because uh, we all know, as as all the experts uh, say, you know, that spike of bullying, which begins in, in fourth grade, fifth grade, right? And a lot of that bullying is relative to the influence of physical pain on one another or the intimidation of physical pain, right? Because that's what kids know and they haven't developed that ability to mentally inflict pain. Although I, I believe with the internet and 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 social media absolutely kids are becoming much more proficient at uh, inflicting mental pain emotional pain on each other than physical anymore because of the the potential repercussions of being expelled for physical bullying in the old sense but but that mental pain begins right and that identity that adolescence and then the next stage is you know this young adulthood place where we start for the first time imagining greater goals beyond just our sustainability, our, our, our ability to survive the daily routine. And we start to have that space-time continuum really stretched out. And that's some scary-ass shit too, don't get me wrong, to say, what am I going to become? What am I going to be? And it's funny, you know, our, our nine, eight, and six-year-old, you know, I want to be an artist. I want to be a race car driver and an artist. I want to work for the CIA, be a race car driver and be an artist, right? With no concept of the magnitude of pain and suffer that are affiliated with all of those aspirations, you know? And it's definitely not my job for a six-year-old to, 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 to quash her dreams and goals at that age by really detailing the profound nature of pain involved in achieving all those dreams and goals. But you know, 15, 16, 18, 22, 25. What do you want to become? 
What do you what what are your mission goals? Where's your orientation? And I'll tell you this, even at at 22, when I dropped out of college and I had this grand, uh, uh, you know, uh, illusion that I uh, because of the the limited amount of pain and suffering I'd experienced trying to become a good athlete, a great athlete, I was well prepared for the pain and suffering I was going to experience going into buds or SEAL training, becoming a SEAL and ultimately going to war and all that. And those experiences, you can't even fathom it. Even if you have people that have experienced it, tell you, you still can't experience it until you understand it firsthand. Right? And so that, that sense of identity moves into meaning. Right? And that's why I always like to quote Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. Right? And he was able, as a psychiatrist from Eastern Europe, he was able to experience his meaning as he lost all sense of dignity and well self-worth, you know, through being in a concentration camp, ultimately almost wanting to almost killing himself, but being saved by the bounty of love, the endless. Right? Unbreakable, unending construct of love. Right? But he still had to get there to realize what his meaning was. And lastly, I think, you know, the one that is really I, the most critical for us to contemplate and, and, and deal with in our lives are relationships. Right? They're the most complicated. They're the most debilitating if, gone, if they go wrong. They're the most uh, uh, stressful to manage, right? Because what essentially you're doing is you're cultivating, perpetually trying to cultivate trust in another human being. So that way you can have uh, a meaningful exchange, a, a valuable exchange, an exchange that benefits you in another way. And really, you know, that's that's the essence of, of the human condition in itself. That's why... Uh, we came together and started live the, to live together in small little tribes and then into, you know, small groups, you know, nomadic clans and tribes, which led to agricultural small societies and then into civilizations, right? And think about the complexities of that. You know, as you flip on the news today or tonight or tomorrow and you look at the madness, the pain that they are thrusting down your throats day in and day out, right? The pain, how, how America's jacked up, how our political system's messed up, how, how these people hate this people and I should hate them and all this and all that pain that's being induced, that's being forced down your throat. Think about this for a second, right? How complex are you? Now think about how complicated it is for all of us and all of our unique perceptions of pain being thrust together to kind of formulate some type of symbiosis or what my good friend Jan Lennon calls cosmic synergy in our energy fields. <laughs> We're just being able to, to relate to one another in a healthy, positive, sophisticated, gracious, gratitude, hum humble manner uh, to benefit and move society or civilization forward with a minimum amount of pain. Now, granted, let me tell you what, you know, I, I, I'm a very positive person. I, I like to try and find that, but I'm also a realist. And all you got to do for five freaking seconds is to look at the 20th century and the magnitude of pain and suffering that we bestowed upon one another through greed through uh, psychopathic demagoguery, 
to through the dogmatism of fascism and imperialism, communism, uh, through the corruption of capitalism, the, you know, all this madness that we seem to conjure up willingly for our own ability to control that pain and suffering. And one of the ways to do that we found is that we make other people suffer to dominate them, to control them, to minimize our own suffering internally. And we manipulate the, the general health and well-being of others so that we can feel superior. That's painful in and of itself, right? So those relationships, man, how are your relationships in your life? And the trajectory of pain, man, the importance of pain is not so much to, to, to bestow that pain upon others, but to accept other people's pain in a way that enables you to not only accept your own pain, but then that does not distract you from what the greatness of relationships that can do for you, right? We become better with relationships. We become better with uh, people around us that we can trust, that we, that we can uh, cultivate and, and, and generate fellowship with, right? That's why the relationship for me with Christ is so substantial because his pain and suffering uh, allows me to recognize that my eternal sin is a part of my relationship with him. And the more and more I, I acknowledge that these, his apostles, these men and women that went around the world spreading the good news, man, that was all painful as hell. In fact, many of the original apostles all died horrific, painful lives spreading the news of love. Try and wrap your mind around that one. But that's what's essential right, in this trajectory of pain in our lives. Otherwise, pain becomes this this brutal brutal devastating thing right this thing that that claws off our our skin that that rips apart our organs that that dismantles our 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 ability to keep things in in efficient hierarchies in our mind right it 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 crashes everything down well that's tough right and there's a, a lot of things that we need to begin to understand about pain in order to reframe it in our minds. Because when you go all the way back, man, and you start at the beginning and you start to see how uh, we assess pain, right, the, the, through pain and the fear that it elicits and then how that fear overrides our ability to have self-confidence, our ability to work with others, to find meaning and purpose in life and, and to be part of good cultures because... We're experiencing pain in real time and to the point where we don't allow ourselves to manage it and live with it in a very healthy and positive way, right? To, to understand that the pathway of pain is essential to your growth. It's essential for you becoming the next, I don't want to call it the next generation, but ultimately you could, you could argue that through the growth of, of, of your own pain, one generation at the other, ultimately your offspring hopefully get better and better and better unless you didn't manage your own pain effectively and you distributed an unhealthy or unrealistic or, or illogical pain and fear upon your offspring and then you fucked them up. 
And that's also a very real possibility that happens day in and day out all around the world. So let's take a step back and look at the relevance of pain and what it is, right, and the necessity of it, right, and the importance of it in our lives. And let's just start with physical pain, right? When was, aside, and we talked a little bit about those first moments where that physical pain when you're a child is, that's the easy one. But then all of a sudden, as you move into that place where you become goal-oriented and, you know, we're all physical creatures. That's what everybody needs to recognize. And unfortunately, because of the prosperity of our society and the evolution of our civilizations, uh, you know, the, the rigors of survival have been uh, diminished to such a substantial degree that this one great um, cultivator of resilience and perseverance and grit and determination and all these other beautiful words that get thrown around in the self-help world, what's happened is, man... We've lost this. So now what happens in that? All these self-help things pop up and all this other ways to to deal with it and to induce it and all that. But man, there's something truly glorious about, man, having to hunt for your survival, right? Now, if you haven't ever hunted anything in your life, I highly recommend that. It's a pretty liberating thing. If you, you know, or, or better yet, if competition, right? The assessment of how how strong physically you are, what your endurance is like against another person. Because, you know, what happens when we don't have those evaluations in process? We allow our own our own rating system of our peer group, of our world, if you will. We allow that to become distorted because we don't understand the truth behind our limitations physically. And that's why I highly recommend athletics for everybody out there. Physical fitness is an essential, probably the most essential component to give yourself a great base for growing, and especially in terms of, of understanding pain, right? Everybody becomes so fascinated with people out there that are on that conquest, that transcendental enlightenment through pain. You know, David Goggins, Goggins, right? Everybody loves Goggins, man, but he's trying to discover himself through the insanity, if you will, I mean, anybody who want, doesn't, you know, work out for uh, more than 20 minutes a week, if that, that's insanity what he does. But for me and, and for people that I are in my sphere, we look at that as, wow, there is something profound in that. Is it, is it the right way for me? Probably not. Definitely not, especially because my knees are shot, right? My pain and my, my very real pain in my knees. So when you think about your physical pain, what are you inducing? Are, and here's the other complicated thing, that if you don't recognize the importance of being physically sound and you allow that discomfort of, of moving forward competitively or even through your own advancement and your health and going to the gym and, or, or whatever, man, you, how are you going to recognize the, the power of that internal ability to manage that pain, Right? And that's a, that's a critical thing because you wake up in the morning, regardless of where you are, maybe you're a young person and you're highly competitive and you wake up the next morning and you go, wow, I feel like shit, this is too Harvey, I don't want to get back into it, I need more days. Or you're on the other side where you're like, this feels great, but I know it's not enough because I wasn't successful competitively last night or yesterday, I need to do more. And then you train and train and train and train and whatever the variation that you live in. But you have to be engaged 
in that competitive drive somewhere in your life physically. Most of us, it's a com competitiveness within ourselves. I want to be able to uh, swim two-mile ocean swims. I want to be able to go paddleboarding for two hours, paddle like 20 miles. I want to go do a, a hot yoga class with my beautiful fiance and, and not fall over and quit midway three because I, 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 you know, my, my muscles are so dense and tight that I, I, they're like limber in there, or lumber, I mean, crack, right? Pain. So that's an essential, very important part of the influence pain has on us physically. It drives a reality, a truth for us, right? I, my grandest reference point is, is, is SEAL training, obviously. And the most significant is, is Howie. I cannot describe enough the magnitude of pain that that is. You know, it's, a, it's a different type of pain when you're in different environments that the threats are different, obviously, but that is a, is, is a part of your growth process. That Experiencing that pain enables you to go do this other pain. Why? Because it conditions you. It makes you realize. It makes you feel alive. It makes you feel and understand what the truth of who you are, especially as it relates to the relationships you're cultivating in the midst of that magnitude of suffering and pain, man. How often are you doing that? Right? Everybody always comes up to me after these events and stuff and I, you know, and they're like, they're like, rut, man, you know, rut. Do I need to go uh, sign up for a hundred miler or some crazy swim or do I need to go climb some mountain in subarctic temperatures? And I say, yeah, you should. Do you have to? No. Can you experience the influence of pain in a positive way by doing other things? Hell Yeah. Just be committed to your self-exercise. Why I struggle with it all the time, man. It's one of my greatest pain points there is, especially as I'm getting older, right? And I travel. I'm trying to reduce the travel so I can get back to myself physically. But just the other day, we go out and we're doing a workout while uh, my oldest is at soccer practice. And we're in the you know, and obviously, John is in insane shape and she blows my doors off. And, you know, I try and do plyometric drills and we have the little ladder and the cones and all that. And I can't plan with my left knee. And then that, you know, while we were warming up, my right knee hurt. And, but I still pushed through it. And afterwards, I felt the, the anguish and the suffering for days after. We went for a walk two days later, nice little five miler. But guess what? Hip flexors are shot, lower backs hurting. But I know that's critical. It's important for me because I know the pain is telling me, hey, this is the truth of where you're at. And if you're not physically prepared for the other pains, the mental pains, you're going to break down. You're going to be exhausted. You're not going to have a mental fortitude. You're going to be weak emotionally, spiritually, because you're just exhausted because you haven't kept up with yourself and that influence. Now, listen, as we get older, trust me, I know, right? My cervical spine is shot. My lower back is shot. Right? I'm having issues both both feet, you know, ankles, knees. Obviously, my guts are torn up. Right, all pain, all part of my life. But I can't sit there and 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 conjure up ways daily to ignore the necessity of trying to keep my body as healthy and, and as I can, because it's you know that. That quest for comfort in our lives, man, right? That behavioral, that comfort zone behavioral pattern that we induce because we don't like pain, i.e. the first concept of compartmentalization and pain that we learn early on. Wow. Experiencing physical pain sucks. 
I'm going to be comfortable instead. Well, as my comfort improves or increases, because we're much more able to cultivate a, a behavioral pattern of comfort than we are a behavioral pattern of pain, for obvious reasons, and also the way we learn fear, the way we manage fear, all that in our brain neurologically, emotionally, right? The way we cultivate these comfort zones for us, man. And if you get good at that, then time becomes the, the, the governance of your pain, right? And we don't have a lot of time, obviously. We don't have a lot of time. All, all you got to do is look at your work week, Look at your Monday through Monday. Look at through your weekends. Hell, you know, we're trying to fit, you know, a thousand uh, pounds of, of, of family time into, you know, 20, 20 pound, a 20 pound bag of, of, of that didn't make any sense. That got away from me, that one. You get the gist, though, right? You're always against this clock of time, especially the more busy your life gets, the more things you have going on, the more commitments you have relationship wise, the more, you know, you're running your own business, you're trying to make the best for your life and all this. So what happens is those that comfort zone, the behavioral patterns there, they, they start to control your concept of time. And you're like, man, I'm going to take this easy. But then all of a sudden you start to realize, man, my other time is ticking, too. None of us know when that time is going to be, right? None of us know when that moment is going to come to you and shut you down, right? It's going to end it. We don't know that, right? But if we take care of ourselves, if we have great sleep, if we have a great program, we eat well, right? And I'm not, again, listen, I'm not a freak with all this stuff. I'm not the person that, you know, just just lives in this this, you know, <laughs> robotic state of 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 performance. No, man, I want to live and enjoy life as much as anybody else and probably more than most other people, but at the same time I through my own experience of physical pain day in and day out, I know there's a requirement, there's a responsibility I have to those that love me to engage in my own painful process in order to be able to maximize my time on this freaking planet. And that's part of that responsibility, the importance of understanding the process of physical pain, right? So understand that. All right. I'm going to take a, a quick break right now. And what I want to do is just give a thanks to my sponsors out there, um, and the first one I want to talk about is On It, right? Aubrey and and all the people over at On It, man, uh, talk about pain and understanding pain. Anybody, anybody that's dedicated themselves, any organizations that dedicated themselves to understanding how to optimize our our abilities, right? As mass human optimization, that's what On It's about, man. Those people understand pain. They understand the fighters. They understand all that. Uh, I want to give a. Uh, uh, Big shout out to Katie. She lost last night, but I tell you, keep it up. Don't quit uh, unless the pain is too excruciating. But you are a true, true warrior princess, a warrior queen, I should say. Uh, you're a great mom. You're a great influence to so many. I'm proud of the effort that you make. God bless you. She's sponsored by On It. Um, and I also want to just thank, you know, Aubrey and everybody over there for their understanding of this, that, you know, this is all very difficult stuff. So if you're not trying to, un, you know, figure out how to, Make the most of what you've got uh, based on all the things that you 
neglect, you know, that's critical. And so for one of the big things for me was, was, you know, discovering these incredible products for me and, and, and like this one, the gut, total gut health, right? Um, this is healthy gut flora for optimal digestion. And, you know, it's got essential probiotics, five strains of probiotics. It's got uh, the digestive enzymes, the betadine, H HCL. Um, you know, it helps you break down food, absorb nutrients, support the immune system, help support healthy gut flora, digest major mic macronutrients. Um, you know, in as a person that has gut issues, uh, when I was able to find a product that minimizes those and I would get distension and bloat, uh, you know, if I put the wrong groups of foods or beverages together, I get distended, I'm uncomfortable, I can't sleep, uh, it makes me irritable. Uh, and there's some amazing studies that have come out that uh, your gut health has a profound impact on your mental state of mind too, your emotional state. Um, and, and thank God that we're discovering that. Uh, and thank God that there's products like Total Gut Health from Onnit that'll help you do that. Um, I can't speak highly enough about what they do. They they really, they really have um, put together a, a comprehensive system for people to, uh, in terms of their supplements, in terms of people to be able to uh, really maximize their great potential. And one of the other products that I use all the time is the Alpha Brain right here. It helps uh, memory and focus. Now, they're having this incredible uh, promotional right now uh, where it's uh, the golden tickets within every purchase of Alpha, Alpha Brain, which uh, lets you win something from on it from every, but it also puts you in for the grand prize, which is you and a friend going to be flying, flown into Onnit headquarters, which is awesome. I've PT'd there before. Um, I've never PT'd with Tim Kennedy, which I will never do. The guy's an absolute animal. But I've gotten in there with every, a bunch of other people. Uh, it's so much fun. It's a great uh, community where everybody appreciates pain and the, and the, the community that pain uh, brings us together in. Uh, and I just, I can't say enough. So go out, get yourself some on it, uh, products. Uh, we have, uh, we do the protein bites. We have the creatine. We have just about everything they sell there. The fat butters, uh, as well as, uh, we have the kettlebells, uh, we've got the mace. Um, so we've incorporated, uh, their focus on creating great products into our lives at our house, uh, here in South Florida. Um, but go check it out. Get yourself a golden ticker. Enter in the big sweepstakes, uh, but also help your memory and your focus. This has been a lifesaver for me. Uh, go get the gut health. Uh, if you're struggling, if your gut's jacked up, uh, this will get you back in line with where you need to be. I promise. Um, just head on over to onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T.com. Uh, tell them I sent you over there uh, and, uh, and enjoy it. All right. The second one I want to talk about is Wise Company. Um, geez, what to say about Wise? This group is, you know, we, we often, you know, one of the most painful things that exists in our lives is not knowing whether or not we're prepared, right? Whether you're not prepared for a test, whether you're not prepared at work for a big pitch or a sales meeting or a call, whether you're not prepared with your kids getting to school on time. Um, those are the normal ones, those fears that we have. That's the painful part of everyday life. 
But what I'm talking about are the big ones. The gigantic ones. The ones that that will change your life in, in, in a second if you're not ready. Right? Like the next hurricane. Like the next wildfire. Like the next blackout. Like the next uh, snowstorm. Like the next uh, whatever. <laughs> God forbid it's a breakdown in, in civilization like we're seeing in Hong Kong right now. And I'll tell you what, God bless all those people in Hong Kong. God bless all those protesters that are out there fighting this insane communistic dictatorial regime that is not giving people the, the rights that they've earned, that they should they, that they deserve. God bless them. But who knows what's going to happen to them as, as mainland China continues to amass more and more people there getting ready to go in and break the will of these people that just want freedom. Right? And what does that mean to you? A lot of us don't believe that our freedoms are actually in threat. Although you might see it on the news, they might say, everybody's saying that, oh, our country is being destroyed and it's going to fall. But, you know, man, we're doing pretty good. We're able to live together harmoniously. You know, I had someone the other day look at me and say, you know, we're on the precipice of civil war. And I said, whoa, 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 and halt. Have you gone back and actually done the research? Have you read about the disaster of what civil war does to a, 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 not only multiple generations of people, but to a culture? And the subcultures, when it's the most devastating thing there is aside from total annihilation. Nuclear annihilation. Listen, the spectrum of preparedness is, is vast and it's painful to assess. But I'll tell you what, if you check out Wise Company and you check out their food products, their freeze-dried food products, right? And you go order a batch. Just go in there, go online, wisefoodstorage.com, wisefoodstorage.com. Go there, seek everything out. If, even if you're just going to buy a couple of their camping packs, their camping meals that you go out, you like to go hiking, wherever it is, put those one in your pack, bring a little uh, bring a little starter stove, a little heater thing, heat that up and have a, a great meal, an incredibly tasting meal. Right? And trust me, I've tried almost everything they have so far. And you tell me what you think. And if it's good, then go back and do yourself a favor and say, is your family prepared? Are you prepared for the next catastrophic situation that your family's going to have to spend? I remember just recently going back to Hurricane Dorian, man. That thing hit Cat 5. I said, we're evacuating. In go my guns. In go our clothes. And then goes the water and two buckets, two giant, easily store, stackable, 25-year shelf life buckets go into my car so I can feed my family for a month. Can you? Well, why not? Do you not believe that it's a possibility? Do you not believe that that stuff like this happens, that these painful, incredibly difficult environmental disasters or man-made disasters happen on a regular basis? If you don't believe that, then you're lying to yourself. And when that pain hits you and you're not prepared, guess what? You are going to be responsible for the pain and suffering at a monstrous level that your family is going to experience. You for not making the decision. 
to take care of your family. So go over to wisefoodstorage.com, enter in promo code FROGLOGIC, and you will get 25% off every purchase. Everything. Everything. Right? So why not? Go there today, get online, check it out, buy one product, test it out. They have a 90-day money-back guarantee, no questions asked on anything they sell. If you don't like it, good, don't go on. Go to the other competitors that don't nearly rate. But if you do like it and you do dig it, then go in and get yourself three months, six months, or if you're super fired up and squared away, get you and your family a year's worth of food, Frog Logic promo code, and get a little peace of mind. All right? Be ready. Be wise. That's wisefoodstorage.com. That's Wise Company. Thank you. All right. Where were we? All right. Pain. <laughs> it's such an uplifting show, isn't it, sweetie? I hope everybody knows that I'm not I'm not upset. I'm not mad. I'm not, I'm not, you know, this is good stuff to talk about. And if we talked about it more often with each other, in a non-judgmental or uh, uh, a more accepting or 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 morally sound way, then guess what? We wouldn't have the the challenges, the mental health pain that we have in this country, which, by the way, are increasing dramatically, in particular with our youth. The stat, the data, and the statistics of mental health pain right now, as we know it, with the with youth today, is skyrocketing depression, right? All these other dysfunctions that uh, come within that high anxiety. I mean, almost every kitty I, I know we talk to, their parents describe them as, as high anxiety kids. Well, I wonder why, right? Because they haven't been taught how to deal with their mental pain yet. We live in these hyper-protective cocoons where, oh my God, we don't want our children to understand the truth and the pain of society's norms or the truth and the pain of, of evil that exists everywhere. We want to put them in their little bubbles in schools and we want to be able to tell them, oh no, everything's okay. Right? And then all of a sudden they're hearing it from their friends out of context or in an unrealistic because certain friends of theirs have total access to the internet with no, no, uh, uh, no boundaries. Their uh, sixth grade kids or boys are, 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 are consuming massive amounts of pornography, right? They're seeing, they're watching uh, violence and playing violent games, boys and girls from the time they're five or six years old where everything is about the annihilation of uh, your, your opponent, pain, suffering, killing, pornography, immorality, sin. Listen, you, you, there's nowhere you can go to escape this, these truths. And there's nowhere you can go, your children can go to also escape you know, your idiosyncratic behavior, your abnormalities, if you will. And I know what you're saying. Oh, David, every it's normal to have these different pain points in our lives. It is. And I granted it is. But, you know, how normal is it? Is it normal to generationally induce a heightened set of anxiety or pain on our offspring just because we experienced it, too? Or is it is it our job once we have the ability to contemplate the pain and suffering of our generations before to accept it upon us? Well, why do these things happen? 
right? Why did the evolution of our insecurities take place? You know, most brilliant minds will say that it, it begins in childhood, in particular if you experience a level of trauma. And that's true. Right? We are a product of, of, of where we come from. And there's this great quote I found. Let me see. Where is that sucker? Huh. All right, here you go. It is very difficult to know people, and I don't think one can ever really know any, any but one's own countrymen. For men and women are not only themselves, they are also the region in which they are born, the city, apartment, or the farm in which they learned to walk, the games they played as children, the old wives' tales they overheard, the food they ate, the schools they attended the sports they followed, the poets they read, and the God they believed in. It is all these things that, that have made them what they are. And these are the things you can't come to know by hearsay. You can only know them if you have lived them. And that's W. Somerset Mom, the raised from the razor's edge. And that's the truth. Right? Well, you are who you are from when you were a child and what you learn and what the influences that sang in in the most impressionable time of your lives when your brain was developing, when your perception of the world, when the pain you were experiencing, the level of it, the truth behind it, right? And most importantly, you know, the trauma that you experienced. And I'm sorry if you experienced a tremendous amount, if you had to suffer from divorce or you had to suffer from physical abuse or mental abuse or you know, perhaps you uh, lived in an emotional void where nobody truly loved you or taught you how to love or taught you all these critical lessons that we need to learn as children. Because as you move into that growth period where identity becomes essential, right, or you begin to move into your young adulthood, Right? Where these missions that you're on that require uh, an assessment of pain and ongoing daily assessment and, and evaluation and then interpretation and action of pain, you know, whether it's uh, you've become a police officer. And again, I go back to this thing, man, and I met this wonderful, amazing human being, Josh Vendell. And Josh, a few years ago, was shot in his head. And what that did to him, the, the physical pain of lo losing a good portion, of having his brain and his skull reconstructing, having to learn to speak and walk and feel again, being having kids, his wife was nine months pregnant, and, and then recuperating himself through physical therapy and coming back. And now what he's doing by sharing his story on a regular basis, we're going to have Josh on this show in a few weeks here to help you better understand his interpretation of pain and what the human condition means to him. But here was a young man, he just wanted to serve. He wanted to be a police officer. Or how about the firefighters out there? All they want to do is they want to be part of something bigger than themselves. How prepared are they, right? If they experience child trauma or then all of a sudden when you're adult and you, let's say you join the military and you go to war. As we know, the excruciating 
pain and statistics of what we're experiencing. The last one the other day I saw, what is it, 541 suicides so far this year in 2019 in the military. We have months left, three months left. In fact, a good friend of mine recently, best friend of our friends, Sean Ryan, died recently from an overdose, Gabe, because of the pain he was in, the suffering. He couldn't, couldn't figure out. And now the pain that we all feel because we weren't able to get him the help that he deserved and, and needed. You know, that negative insurgency is, is, a, is a strong thing in how it induces pain into our lives. It's always hunting us. It's always waiting in, in, the, in the shadows, waiting to pounce upon us, way to, willing to dig its claws, its fingers into our minds and into our souls and to squeeze the last bit of strength out of us in order to endure against that debilitating presence of pain. You know, that negative insurgency, it teaches us early on what negative speak looks like, right? It teaches us uh, to, uh, to uh, experience fear at a heightened level, right? It teaches us to uh, that when fear pops up, we need to compartmentalize it and bury it and put it over here to, to bury our thoughts so we can escape the brutality of shame and guilt and, 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 and all of these things that we feel, lack of empathy for others. It teaches us this profound dialogue of, of, of brutality in our own minds, which debilitates us to the next level. And you know what I'm talking about. Looking at yourself in the mirror saying, I can never do this. I can never experience it. It's too much. It's too much pain. And that fear just speaking, just screaming in your mind. And the echoes of that scream that just cascade off each component of your spirit. Man, that's debilitating. Unless it's not. Unless somewhere along the line you come to realize and accept that pain is this powerful part of your life. I reference it as the Jericho Mile a lot. And I'll do a show on the Jericho Mile, I promise you. I'll, I'll, I'm going to do it. It's just that's a very difficult and powerful show for me. So I want to really make sure it's right. But you know, when you start to understand that the pathway of pain is an essential part. In fact, it's the pathway we walk every day. You start to say, all right, well, I can grow in this, right? I can grow on this pathway. In fact, that's what happens through these life experiences where you begin to uh, experience pain in real time, but not to the point where it, 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 it overwhelms you or you become, you become uh, debilitated or insane by it. But to the point where you're like, yes, it's teaching me. I'm learning from it. And you're putting in the work to actually learn what the pain is trying to teach you. The external, for sure, which is easy. But more importantly, the internal. 
that you're constantly trying to escape from, right? You're trying to compartmentalize. And listen, that happens physiologically. It happens neurologically. Your, your brain buries certain traumatic experiences, but it doesn't mean it's gone. It just means that at a certain time or way or place or position, another time down the road through post-traumatic stress, that pain's going to come back and it's going to affect you unless you learn to adapt and to deal with it. And so part of that pathway of pain is essential. Now, you know, for us, there aren't that many programs out there. And there's one in particular, the Synchrony Program, that's at a Methodist hospital down in Houston. And I'm going to do a show here soon about the Synchrony Program. I'm going to have one of the heads of the board heads, my psychologist, Chris, on. And we're going to discuss that process of pain and adapting to it and learning to live with it through all the different scientific methods, psychological methods, and most importantly, the emotional measures that we can take in order to develop a, a strong, healthy training platform to be able to combat the magnitude of mental pain we experience day in and day out. But the pathway of pain, man, it ain't going anywhere. It's essential. And I always go back and, and make it relative to the apostles, right? You know, and I remember, imagine the fear in them when Christ came back and they're like, all right, well, what are we supposed to do? And he just says, go out and spread the good news. Well, how and where and why? And I said, you'll figure it out. Well, what do, you know, what do we need? And he says, you don't need anything. Just go do it. Just go walk. But what about this and all that? What if they don't take it or, you know, just move on to the next one and the next one. And I'll tell you, a person that, you know, I, I, I walked that pathway of pain as a warrior for a long time. And, man, that was all uh, uh, a necessity in order to do the job, I believe, 100%. But it also is very destructive in our lives, too, because I've also now in a more regulated, not more regulated, but a more uh, concerted effort, I, I try in those moments where that violence, uh, temp that violent temperament and the anger and the the desire to attack and to stand my ground in, in ways that is really unhealthy for relationships, you know, I, I, in my, my process, my pathway, I immediately begin to say, well, what would the apostles do? And they would most likely say, well, what would Christ do? And Christ would assess that pain with love in his heart. Forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. I'll tell you what, that's, that's damn hard. But when you're assessing your spiritual pain, and that's what we're talking about doing. And that's the strongest way you can walk that pathway of pain at all, by far. And that's what ultimately allows you to not only walk the pathway of the pain, but all to then to cultivate a peaceful pathway of pain, which changes everything. Now, what do I mean by spiritual pain, right? This is the most devastating. This is the one that hammers us. This is the one that breaks us down and puts us in the fetal position and feels like the world is about ready to, to collapse in on us and, and the bottom of, of hell will drop out and we will descend down into the ninth gate and we will be live in this perpetual turmoil and agony of suffering and pain because... Somehow, some way, we weren't prepared for ourselves better spiritually for it. Now, man, all the time I know I have a lot of conversations about faith in, in my life nowadays. And, and trust me, I have a lot of pain because I have a lot of insecurity about what I actually know and I don't know. 
And that's tough, man, because people look to you and, and they start to say they want that, that, that spiritual influence. They want you to enhance their faith in the hardest part. And when the question I ask first and foremost, I go, I go, do you believe in something? Not even do you believe in God, do you believe in Christ, do you believe in Mohammed, do you believe in Moses, do you believe in Buddha, do you believe in, or do you don't believe at all, but do you believe in something? And if so, what is it? Tell me what you believe in. Well, an atheist, I believe in truth, right? Agnostics, I believe something, but I don't know what it is. You know, spiritualists, I believe in a higher power. And I, I get it, man, but it's those beliefs actually that are the most painful. Right? Because it's very difficult to find truth in belief and in faith, right? I know for me, you know, when I didn't have faith, it affected every aspect of my life. It made me, made my morality much more flexible. It made my value system shift regularly. It made my relationships suffer dramatically. Because I walked a, a very significant pathway of pain. But a lot of the times that uh, what I was trying to do is take my own internal pain and redirect it outward onto others to, to justify or validate my experience by witnessing uh, or inducing pain amongst others. Not good. Now, it's tough to accept the fact that faith is so critical in our lives. What? Right now? Now, it's an incredibly difficult situation to begin to contemplate faith. Right? Are you faithful? Because you believe in something. Right? And then once you believe, now you got to drill down and, 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 and take those beliefs and apply it through your faith that what you believe is legitimate. And that those belief systems are going to enable you to manage the suffering and pain that exists every day, all the way around you. So what does your faith look like? Now, here's the difficult one, right? By far, right? Is taking that leap of faith without any definitive proof. Now, uh, listen, I've read the case for, for God, uh, the case for Christ. I've, I've done a, a truckload of, of studying and all this. But what I'm still relying upon are... are, are Content or texts that are 2,000 years old. And I'm putting my faith that that's the truth, that Christ existed. We know as a man we're willing to believe that, and we're willing to believe he was crucified, and we're willing to believe, but did, did he was he resurrected? Did he come back after death and say to us, hey, take my message and go forth through the kingdom of God, right? And that's, that's powerful stuff. You know, here's one right here. Praise to be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us, uh, us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God's, from God. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. Utilize our faith in each other, right? Now, that's a hard thing to do, especially because we all sin. 
right? And if we, we come out and we begin to utilize our spirituality or our faith uh, to benefit one another, we're, we're often attacked for it nowadays in particular. We feel condemned, we're ridiculed, we're, 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 they, we want to be attacked and they want us to, you know, con, you know, proof positive that this is the way, you, you know, and they want to strip us of that through hate and division. Man, that sucks. That's tough. It's really hard. Because it's a complicated world of pain we live in. People are in their own pain. And when they're confronted by us and our ability to find comfort, to find security, to find strength in something that they're not willing to uh, experience the pain and the process of that developing that faith, the process of developing their spirituality to, to place some, some, some component of, of a plan, a greater plan for themselves in a higher power and a God that they can't experience, which blows my mind because if you simply contemplate the magnitude of an infinite universe what created that and what created all these things that we're able to feel daily and day out how often have you looked around you and said this is a miracle that I'm living in or this is that person's a miracle they're alive or it's a miracle I found somebody who truly loved me for who I am and was able I was able to reciprocate that love for them in the same way that's a miracle and I had to experience profound pain to get to it and so my faith that God played a role is unbreakable in that. But it also requires my ability to endure what I'm going to face as a result of openly talking about my faith and in maintaining my faith through over time and what I experience. Because one of the things we always want to say is, hey man, why does God make people suffer? Why does God make people, why does God, why do children have to suffer and get cancer and die? Why do, why do, uh, why do massive groups, thousands of people die from Ebola or all this other thing? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Right? But I do know that when I allow my doubt in God to exist, that the, the other realities of my pain intensify. Uh, my doubt when I doubt other cultures and I want to pass judgment and I want to I want to want to impose uh, a particular cultural moral standard or, or faith-based morality upon other people and I start to become vindictive or volatile towards the way they conduct themselves man I'm right back in that pain man my faith and my ability to anchor my heart and my don the armor of love and it, it diminishes and then it leads into doubting the communities around me, which lead into the doubting of my family and the doubting of myself. That sucks. It's painful. It's an unhealthy way to live. Is it? Is there? I know a lot of times when I talk about these things, people will say, well, well is, is there a, a utopic existence? Is there a place where evil doesn't exist, where good can transcend all? No. There's not, unfortunately. <laughs> As I sit here and, and, and talk about good and evil, Jonna just 
informed me that there's an active shooter at, at the town center mall right near where my headquarters is. And so all we can do is, is, is pray that it ends quickly and whoever is inflicting that evil will pay the price that they deserve and that innocent people won't lose their lives. Evil exists, and that's the greatest pain there is. It's the greatest induction of suffering that we experience within the human condition is that we can't end evil. Only God can take care of evil in whatever way God chooses to. But through the goodness in our hearts and our ability to love and pick each other up after these incredibly painful moments, these experiences that devastate our cultures, our societies, that is essential that we understand and can contemplate the fact that that is real spiritually. That is real in our faith. That is real in our beliefs and our morals that we are here to help each other. We are elevated out of the ashes of pain by our indentured servitude uh, to acknowledge and participate in each other's suffering. We are here to support one another. We are here to guide one another. It's helping others in needs, right? That builds the humility in each other. And it's through that humility, that, that, that compliance, that empathy, that dedication to one another to pull each other out of the depths of their own pain and suffering, which breeds the trust that enable us to feel God. So trust yourself, trust your faith. Trust that the pain that you experience, there's a purpose in it. It'll connect you closer to God. It'll collect you closer to your loved ones. It'll connect you closer to your friends, to your family, to new people you potentially are going to meet tomorrow that are experiencing their own pain and suffering. Because I'm here to tell you pain is forever in this lifetime. What happens next, man? Well, maybe we'll we'll get some brilliant theologian or preacher or priest or philosopher on to discuss eternity, where we can talk about the potentiality of a pain-free existence. And what happens to our energy and our souls as God envelops them? But that's another another conversation. Pain is forever, right? It's never going anywhere. It's it's the it's the perpetual um, reality. However, your perception of pain is what you can choose to change, right? More pain and more suffering, and your ability to understand it will breed a greater appreciation for your life. So then you'll begin to recognize that the time that you have left on this planet. You can make it as enjoyable as humanly possible. And the limitations of that joy are all a derivative of how you process pain. 
pay attention to the people in your lives suffering and pain and don't don't ignore it or don't feel like you can't intrude on it. Get them to talk and share about it. Share it with each other. Create a, a fellowship amongst each other in your teams, uh, whether it's your sports teams, your school teams, your 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 Bible studies or your book clubs or your your social groups, man. Don't be afraid to discuss the pain with each other. It enhances your relationships and builds you both up to recognize that we all share in pain. It's our collective connectivity. It is the, the, the genetic web of, of the human condition that enables us to manage the suffering. So treat others as you want to be treated within your own pain. Love each other. Now, that's heavy stuff, man. And then I appreciate your patience with me and I appreciate your tolerance for my concepts and opinions. And I'm here to tell you, I don't know everything. I'm a long shot. And that's why I'm on this journey with you too. I'm on this pathway of pain. My goal is to make it a peaceful pathway of pain so that I can better understand the human condition in order to help you with your pain, your suffering, to teach you that uh, positivity is a choice every day, that loving others is what will build you up and prepare you for the combat of life and give you the armor you need to, def to defeat the, the negative insurgency. So I promise in the future, I'm going to give you that defeating the negative insurgency show. I'm going to we're going to do the pathway of pain and choosing the pathway of pain. And then ultimately, hopefully, when I find out what it means to live the peaceful, to walk the peaceful pathway of pain, I'll do that. I will definitely do a show called the Jericho Mile. Um, so thank you. Thank you for joining me on this edition of the Frog Logic podcast. I'm. Uh, you know, don't forget to go over and check out uh, the website, teamfroglogic.com. Uh, check out uh, the show. We'd love to have you write as many comments as you want. Tell us what you like, what you want to hear, if people you want me to interview, uh, whatever you want to do just to be a part of our team in Frog Logic. And, you know, go check out um, my YouTube channel. I've got a lot of these on video there. We're going to start producing more videos. We've got some exciting stuff coming up. New book drops, merchandise, check out the web, you know, the, the store. Uh, follow me on social media at teamfroglogic.com. I produce, I try and uh, produce a daily dose of frog logic, motivation, daily devotional every day uh, or every other day or as much as I can on my travel. Um, I also share my insights about family and, and religion and suffering and pain and all that. Uh, so go check it out. Uh, I want to thank um, God. <laughs> Thank you for letting me be a part of your plan. I want to thank Christ for suffering for me, for experiencing the pain of that cross for me. Thank you. I'm humbled. I want to thank John. I want to thank you, sweetie. I could never even begin to contemplate the ability to believe that there was a, a, a peaceful pathway ahead of me until you came into my life so thank you i love you and i want to thank my children holy god they teach me every day about pain and they teach me that i need to be better as a man as a father as an influencer as a person that 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 they can look up to that can teach them the, 
the, the truth of life, but yet also teach them the beauty of life to understand their pain and suffering. I want to thank my mom and my dad, uh, John his parents, John his family. I want to thank uh, and give a shout out to all of them. Tell them I love them. And I can't wait to see them. Uh, my family, my brother and James, all my other family members who pray for you and thank you and all my close friends who have been experiencing pain lately and then for me letting me able to just somehow help you as you helped me before in mine and all those people I get to meet out on the road all those people all of you that are listening and paying attention God bless you I pray for you and your suffering and your pain thank you for participating uh, without you you know I wouldn't be able to share my pain with you in the hope that uh, a little frog logic would uh, ease your suffering. God bless you.